Hello, everyone. Welcome to Spiritual Table Talk. It's me, Papa Hector, Miss Lily, Miss Gina, Miss Care Bear over here. And um, today's topic we're doing is Anaisa Pie, all about talking about her and her mysteries. As always, you can join with us by subscribing on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor.fm, or your favorite podcast app. And we just thought that this would be a great topic since in this next upcoming week and a half or so, we're going to be having Anaisa's annual ceremony. We've been doing the ceremony. This is going to be, I believe, year 16 or 17 coming up in here, doing this ceremony every year for that long. And, um... Yeah, we got a lot of surprises coming up. We're going big this year. We have the drummers coming. I put out a Facebook event page. By the way, this recording is being made in 2023. So this year is July 29th, 2023. Just in case you listen to this years later, don't turn up on July 29th. Um, So yeah, so we all voted for this topic. So I'm going to let the gals get start off. Yeah, I was just saying, when we were trying to decide a topic, that I was driving around today and just enjoying life, like enjoying the music, enjoying the hecticness hecticness of my day, enjoying the drama of my life, the interpersonal things that are going on. And it was just like, it reminded me of certain times in my youth where it didn't matter how hectic life got, I could find enjoyment in it. And like it reminded me, like we always say with Anaisa, not to take things so seriously, but how we get kind of trapped as adults in in taking things so seriously and then our energy gets really drawn down and tired. So that was kind of what I was reflecting on today and just trying to come back, to, or not even needing to come back to, but just noticing like as I was driving, like, oh yeah, I remember what it felt like to just enjoy it all. Absolutely, absolutely. G. Um, I'm just thinking of, um, I mean, Anaisa is our mother. She's the mother of the temple. Um, but I, I was just thinking of, um, the way that she brings the messages, like, to, cause you really have to like listen to her, um, because she's, she's like crafty, like there's just, she pieces it all together, or at least that's how they, the messages come through me, is like, she'll say one thing there, one thing there, but they're, they're really huge shifts that she takes you through, a lot of like, breaking through the ego, um, I see that as like a common theme that she helps us with, like in the temple, over and over again. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Miss Care? I was thinking about we we think about ourselves as adults right we go out we pay bills we have a job we you know we pick up after ourselves we eat laundry all that adult stuff um, and it becomes a routine and for me at least moving into this house and doing this work has been greatly about rediscovering delight and curiosity and it makes me think about how often um, I've sort of missed joy in doing the stuff that I felt like I needed to do and in 
neglecting delight and curiosity. And part of being here is having the room to have curiosity. Absolutely. I agree. And, like, it's related. What you all are all saying is actually all related. Because one of the things about Anaisa, like, that Anaisa has said many a times before, is, like, she asks people, how many times have you ever seen a rose? And the answer, people are like, tons. But the answer is just once. The first time you saw the rose was the only time you saw the rose. Because after that, you lost curiosity about what is the rose. So every other rose that you've seen since then, you haven't really seen because you really haven't given the full attention. When you're curious about something, you actually like look into it deeply in detail, really noticing kind of like what makes this rose unique versus any other rose. You notice all the little subtleties about it. When you're innocent, <clears throat> which is something about what you're saying, when you're innocent, everything is kind of amazing. So like a child finds everything kind of a discovery. Everything is new to them, so everything is a discovery. And when you're in, when you're doing this work, it's a return to innocence. We'd say that you never really lost your innocence. You just like were, it was overshadowed or it was like clouded. It became clouded. Many dark clouds or layers of dust overcame your innocence. And that kind of relates to the seriousness, right? Those layers of dust is where everything has become so, so absolutely like life or death serious. And Anaisa is about like dropping the seriousness and coming back to an innocence that comes in life, which is why she seemed to be like the baby of all the blah and the most spoiled of all the blah is because she's like all about like a rediscovery of innocence. And when you're rediscovering innocence, naturally it rewilds you, right? Because you're no longer um, following a determined pathway that has been predetermined. I have a question about that because she came recently and talked about innocence in a different context, but now I've, I'm just connecting the two. Like she was talking about, she doesn't like when innocent people get false accusations, but how I'm now interpreting that is your innocence is like your true nature, whereas false accusations, you can do it to yourself every time you say, I'm this way. But it can also happen when other people say you are this way. Absolutely. And so now I'm like rethinking it wasn't so much about the details. It was more about any time you get stuck, whether it's people or yourself saying I am this way, you're no longer curious. You're no longer innocent. Yeah, no, you've already kind of like blocked yourself in. And that's part of the job that the ego and the mind work to do. Because now it's like one less thing, one less thing that your mind has to expend energy on. Yeah. But so, it also feels like a slow death. Like it, it is. When you're curious, you actually get more energy. Yeah. Than when you're fixed. Because Absolutely. it's a lot of energy, energy to keep that facade. Then you have to think about it all the time. Exactly. But that's the trick of the mind, right? The trick is like, this is the easier pathway if it's already figured out. Mm-hmm. Whereas in reality, if it's already figured out, it becomes a worry. Mm-hmm. Right? So I was actually, what brought me to thinking of bringing up Anaisa as a topic was actually something that I read 
earlier I was going through the notebook where we keep like the yearly notes of all the ceremonies, right? And <clears throat> the person wrote like what Anaisa had, had said. And what she said was something to the extent, I can't quote it right off the bat right now, but basically the person who knows, knows he doesn't know. And so since he knows he doesn't know, he totally knows. And it goes down to like, not that that person doesn't know anything, but rather that there's not a, it's not already pre-designed. There's a curiosity about it. When you don't know about something, you can become curious about it. When you're like, oh yeah, I've seen that rose, I've seen roses before, every rose is the same. So you know, you can't be curious and therefore you're not innocent. You're not innocent because you're already coming in with knowledge. Mm -hmm. Innocent means like you're coming in clear of any type of information or knowledge or pre-programming, mm -hmm. which is why we say like a spiritual master and a baby have a similar quality of innocence. The difference is that the innocence of a baby is, has no value. It has no value because it's, he's never lost it. So since he never lost it, his innocence can't be appreciated by even he himself, mm -hmm. right? So thus the process of life has to like take you to lose it in order for you to gain it back and then be innocent by choice. Mm -hmm. I can see it like, and this kind of goes to a topic that Gina was recommending, but I don't know if this is where you're going with it, but just about accepting the path and, and how like, I think when people first come on, you're innocent. And it's, it's kind of funny because today I had two interactions with my housemates and one person was like, I know, I know, I know, I know. And therefore, like, there was no conversation. It was just a one-sided, I this is the way it is. Even though, like, my experience is different, I wasn't going to share that because they know. And then someone else was like, I like to just come and sit in silence. Every time I come and sit in silence, I learn something. I pick things up. And I, I remember thinking when they said that, like, wow, that's, that's an innocence. That's like a humility, but also like there's an innocence there. But like, do you find that like when people come onto the path, there's innocence and then you have to reckon with a lack of innocence and then coming back to a choice to be innocent. Does that make Yeah, it sense? makes sense. So I think it's a mix because it's different. I'll give you an example, like, it was different when people were coming onto the path, let's say, 20-some years ago, than it is now. Mm. More often now, people come onto the path, like, with the I already know. Why? Not that they know, but they've read books, they've read internet articles, they've read all this information all over from many sources. 20-some years ago, such information about us didn't really exist. So what can often happen is a lot of people come in already with the idea that they know, but that idea may simply come out of like books and articles. Mm -hmm. They might have never even been to a single ceremony, mm -hmm. right? And I've had conversations with people who are like, <clears throat> you know, I clashed with my godparent because he did things this way and I know it's supposed to be done that way because I read about it. And then when I, when I come and say, well, like, how did he do it for you, really? Like, let me hear about it. And I'm like, actually, his way is valid. It's just different. Mm 
right? But because of, like, modern access to all this information, we do have a lot of times where we have people that come in and they're like, yeah, I already know. And so that can create a clash to actually learning because they already know, so they can't absorb anything new. And then we have people who also come into the work, like I think you guys did, right? Where you really didn't know, have any background information of like what you were getting into. So that allowed you to be way more open and way more innocent. And so you have people like that as well that come in, although those people tend to be lesser in number these days before it was greater in number where people would just come in with like i don't really know Mm -hmm. so but what about like if we if we compare it to a child so like when i came in like we had no idea what voodoo was we didn't have any context there was innocence there was just Mm -hmm. a pure like this feels right or i i know this somewhere in my being like i know this Exactly. I, I feel the love. I know this. Like, I love the spirits, right? There's, like, an innocence that a child, that a toddler would have. Absolutely. But then it's, like, what about, do you see when people grow on the path, sometimes you lose the innocence, and then you have to come back to innocence by choice? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That does happen as well, because, like, you grow on the path, right? And as you grow on the path, you start to have certain experiences, and then those experiences can start to get taken as, like, truths. Mm-hmm. Right, so then you lose that innocence of being able to like absorb new truths, absorb new information, and then you have to like work back to regain the innocence to kind of like be able to be open to really learn. So I'll give you an example. Like I actually was talking about this about two weeks ago on a class with someone, right? We were talking about how, you know, If you're a spiritual worker in these traditions, it's not uncommon. If you're also a horse, that a client can come to you and be like, hey, I want you to call the law for me to have a personal session with them, right? And I said to this person was like, basically, it's not uncommon. Like, if you're, if that person that's coming to you asking you to call a spirit, they might ask you to call a specific spirit, right? Because they're like, You know, I grew up around St. Michael, let's say, for example, I want you to call St. Michael. I want to talk to St. Michael. You know, maybe their aunt practiced or their grandmother practiced or somebody practiced. Maybe they might even serve St. Michael to some small degree, but they're not actually on the path, right? That can at times become more detrimental than the person who comes in and is like, can you just call the law for me? And then the loi that shows up, shows up. And now that loi, if it's a person on the path, not on the path, but who's been exposed to the path heavily enough, you might be like, well, you know, say Michael doesn't want to come. Anaisa wants to come talk to you. And they might be like, well, I don't want to talk to Anaisa. I want to talk to St. Michael. I only talk to St. Michael. I, I used to see that when I was younger, right? I only talk to St. Michael. And then at other times where another person will be like, yeah, can you call St. Michael? And it's like, yeah, he's not coming, but Gid is coming. They'll be like, well, just let him through. Like, whatever has to be said has to be said. And at times that happens because only via a different vehicle could, like, the message actually land for that person, right? But they're comfortable, let's say, with St. Michael. St. Michael might make them comfortable, but comfortable may not create growth. 
right? So. Mm -hmm. And the, the mysteries are, are that they're they're a mystery, like they're infinite, and so I think people get attached to. Like. It's kind of like the same as in a relationship. If you're like my partner's always been this way, because you get a series of experiences with them, and then you form an opinion. You're like they are this way, but what if they're more than that? Exactly. And that's just like something I've known just even to call myself out like on my path like I don't know it's been 11 years or something like that and how I know the spirits are so limited it might have been by their image or a few things about them like their color or their day but was I coming in innocent like who are you really and also who am I really like can I get out of the stories of uh maybe I've had to come to my spirits and reckon with something or ask for forgiveness for something. Like, can I be bigger than the exactly. story that I have that I think they have of me? Exactly. Let's get to know myself, like just through that intimacy of who are you, who am I? Absolutely. No, that absolutely happens because the thing about it is, and I see that too, like being in the community in a different way. I've seen it where people are like, I'll give you an, a real, a good example. <clears throat> so this happened, I think like two years ago, there was this very well-known horse of St. Michael, right? And she was going to have St. Michael's party. And nowadays everything gets recorded. Everybody's like on live, da, 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 right? So, Say Michael had asked her when she had her party to make sure that she brought a bachata group. And so they called St. Michael with the traditional songs for a while, but as St. Michael was there, he's like, basically play the music I asked for. So the music gets played, St. Michael starts dancing bachata, and then everybody's like, oh, it must not be St. Michael. Maybe it's another spirit, but it can't be St. Michael. St. Michael doesn't dance bachata. He can't dance bachata. Da, 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 da. This is the whole thing about putting, like, even spirit in a box, right? However, the truth of it is, like my grandmother would say, is, like, what St. Michael told people, was that truth? That's what matters. Like, was the message that was being communicated true? Was he acting not just like dancing, but was his energy any out of character? And people are like, no, 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 no. Well, then it's St. Michael. Like, you're kind of trying to limit the spirit. The whole point of spirit is that it's unlimited, right? But you're Jesus limiting it. Yeah, exactly. To life. Like, so, so it can flow absolutely. And so, like, a whole bunch of people started defending that horse. Because, like, actually, this horse has been a horse for, like, 50 years, okay? And at the end of the day, like, whether St. Michael danced bachata, merengue, salsa, or palo, didn't really matter, right? It's kind of like judging a person based on their clothing. It really, we're judging a person based on their dance style, Right? Like, it really doesn't matter. It didn't take accent. away. Like, I bet sometimes yeah. the Loa come in and speak a different language just, and, like, to say, like, oh, that must not be that. 
or, no, I've or seen, we were talking about like La Siren sometimes speaks, but I wasn't familiar with that. So I questioned, oh, is that La Siren? And we were like, yeah, just in a different aspect. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've gone places where people are like, the Luau only speak X language or A language or B language or C language. No, that's not true. Like, again, you're trying to put a limit on the spirit. So what I used to always say to people is like, so you're telling me that this grand mystery can like create thunder and lightning and cause lovers to come together, people to separate, get you a job, but he can't speak another language? Like, make it make sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. Like, And even as you get more in tune with the spirits, you're open to understanding more languages that you're exposed to. That I was thinking about today because I was thinking about how they they told me to go learn Spanish and the process of learning it was up it felt like it was rewiring my brain to be able to understand them better and when they've been coming to me they'll speak to me in Spanish yes just like the music I listened to it all the time growing up but then it hit like the understanding hit when it was needed I'm like Oh, okay. I get it. I get it. I get it. Do you think it's because it teaches you to hear? Like when I was immersed in Spanish, my my listening was much more active because you have to be. Or like I think so because my grandma and it's the it was an ongoing joke between me and my brother. We didn't know how much English she spoke because we would be talking and then she would literally translate what we said. But. Carmen just says, hey, how you doing? And I love you. Like, what do you mean? How do you understand? You know, so she had a friend one time in New York. And she's like, oh, that's my friend. I'm like, you know, I don't know him. He probably looks like someone, you know. And she's like, I've been coming to New York longer than you've been alive. And I'm like, okay. So she calls him over. He comes over. Hey, baby. Da, 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 da. Gets us on a special elevator and all this, that, and the third. And I'm like... She would tell me, people, such and such told me this and that. I'm like, but they don't speak. Okay, so I do think so. I think it opens you up to understanding and communicating better. So did, do you think that limiting the law limits your how you get to know them? Absolutely. For example, remember I told you about Santa Marta versus how people think of her just the dominator the dragon tamer like the end but it's like so much deeper with her you know it's no different than like people right when you limit a person it limits how you get to know them and when you limit a person and especially when you like let them know you limit them and impose those limits upon them it might even just make those people act that way in order to please your images it make it might Which just is an Anaisa trick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and right. also I was thinking in reverse how um people how yeah, not maybe not reverse people. but parallel like the spirits are almost like people if you wanna interpret it that way, with many facets. Exactly. Like the one person is usually black and white and when they are it's more difficult for them. Because Absolutely. they can't flow. Yeah. So I think that that's the thing. You can't say Oh, you know, this is a peace, love, and light spirit. The end. When you're in peace, love, and light, you do flip. You do get angry or whatever, like Anaisa says, you know, to know 
happiness, you need to know sadness, to know joy, mm-hmm. you know, you need to know the opposite. So It also seems like, like we know a lot about the spirit's stories, but if you think about it with like yourself, if people only knew you based off of the stories they've heard about you, it's not you. And it's not present. Exactly. To who you are right now. And also it's telephone, so the stories people hear about you are usually not accurate to begin with. Exactly. People's perceptions. Yeah, so like, I'll give you an example. Someone, one of your god sisters, right, when she first came here, she was like, oh, I'm kind of a little scared of Anaisa. And I'm like, okay, I get that. You should be. But why? She's like, because... Because when I first went to a botanica, I went to buy her stuff. And the woman at the botanica, who was a spiritual worker, was like, oh, don't buy, do you have a man? She's like, no. She's like, don't buy that stuff and put it in your house because she's going to have you out here in the streets. She She's very promiscuous. She, she'll have you out here prostituting yourself in the streets. That's a common, um, how do we call it? Belief. Gossip. Gossip myth. Belief. That people have about her. Mm-hmm. Just like people have about Candelo. Mm-hmm. That like if you're a man. And you serve Candelo too much. You're going to become a womanizer. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But that's not a totality of that spirit. Right? And it doesn't really make sense. Mm-hmm. You can use the spirit as an excuse to be a womanizer or to be promiscuous but at the end of the day like it's not required right and the promiscuousness of the idea that Anaisa is promiscuous comes from the idea that from in many ways like to be self-respectful as a woman in a Caribbean culture has a very um how do you call that Traditional, traditional mindset. In the so she smokes, she cusses. Mm-hmm. That's not appropriate. That's not ladylike. That's not ladylike. Like I've been told, mm-hmm. how can I serve the spirits? How can I serve my identity of all people? And her I, man isn't the source of her joy. Yeah, exactly. Maybe a part of it, but it's not the the source. Yeah. So Prostitutes like, smoke. Yeah, right. Vagabond just, smoke. Mm-hmm. She likes to dance. But people also interpret what being flirtatious as, oh, she's a prostitute, or she must be sleeping with them, or, and this happened to me, I'll go places and everything is paid for, or we meet someone and they want to pay for everything, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't do anything, I don't know this person, you know, but mm-hmm. I'm prostituting. And I was thinking about this today with Anaisa too, like she's, um... It's so funny. The more we spend time around each other, the more we all start to talk like each other. That was weird. But um, when Anaisa delivers a message, there's like, like we were talking about the other day, she's very direct. And, but there's an intimacy between like the person and the person who's getting the message. Like when Anaisa's, you know, helping someone, the way she does it, it could be perceived as like flirtation or intimacy but it's her way of helping someone Mm -hmm. and like even i don't know if that makes sense absolutely the way that it's kind of like the difference between how we think of 
a street prostitute talks to people. Uh-huh. Okay? And how we think a lady talks to people, right? Like, a street prostitute generally is very direct. Yeah. Okay? Like, there's an She's very answer. forward, right? Very <laughs> forward and direct. Whereas the image of a lady is, like, she's meek. She's coy. She's coy. If she has to say something, she has to, like, slip a her idea. Too. Yeah, she has to manipulate her idea into the woodwork. She can't necessarily be direct about her idea because it might be too challenging for the men. Yeah. Right? Whereas Anaisa is sarcastic, direct. Mm-hmm. And it's her way of caring. Yeah, exactly. We have an Anaisa here. And the other day she says, someone who's a child of Anaisa, your hair is greasy and your, your ends are split. Just like that. You know, and I thought about it later and I was like, that was so helpful. It's time to get a haircut, like straight up. And yeah. no one else would have seen my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's my daughter? Yeah, so that's the thing, right? But that, she's because she cares. Exactly. It she does. was she looking does. out for me. Yeah, and then not... she thinks she hurt your feelings. She's like, I'm sorry, no. I'm sorry, but you know. She just... didn't hurt my feelings. She was, I was like, thank God someone said something. <laughs> no, for real. She's she your was. best friend. Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't come out of a space of malice. No. Right? A lot of people think, though, a lot of people think, like, when I say things to them, oh, my gosh, it's either they have one look of me. Either they love me, they love the brashness, or they're like, oh, my gosh, can you believe she said that to me? But did I lie? <laughs> it's never, it's just, like, how I'll say it. But it doesn't mean I don't care, you know? It's just... Actually, like, if you don't care... You have to, you make the person figure it out. Most likely won't say anything. Yeah, you just kind of like walk around it, etc. Why? Because you care more about what that person is going to think about you, right? And how their image of you will be affected, which will hurt possibly your own ego, than basically what's best for that person. Is this a pretty unique Anaisa quality? Oh, yeah, it's yeah. very unique. And this is like, I didn't have the language for it, but this is, I don't, I still don't, but it's like that closeness can be misinterpreted, but that closeness is because she cares. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it also requires her to be out there talking to people. So in a traditional Caribbean context, a woman who's out talking to everybody, who is that? Exactly. Or someone who's promiscuous, or yeah. Promiscuous. She's up the street. Because why she's talking to everybody? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Or why she's talking to any class. And because she's not maybe one on one delivering a message in a very somber way. Like, right. and to any that's class not her of way. People, any people. Because people also feel like, hey, if you're a classy lady, you should be talking to only other classy gentlemen and ladies. And usually not even gentlemen. Yeah. That's another thing. So if you're approaching everyone or anyone and you don't have a problem talking to anybody, it's a problem. Because, like, oh, yeah, she has no, no coof. No. But a lot of times it's for the other person, not for her. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think of her as a good hunter. In, in a lot of ways, a good hunter of people, a good hunter of circumstance, a good hunter of thought. 
every time I've seen Anaisa, I've been impressed by a, a couple of things. One of them is how much she cares and how sharp she is. Um, and how uh, good she is at finding things. So I, I think of her as a good hunter. Yeah, I agree. And I think that she's very good. Like, the way I see it is with an arrow. Yeah. The pointedness. Mm-hmm. And right. obviously, like, hunting life. Like, to go a full circle to what we started with, like, with... And we can call on her for that. Like, when the heaviness of adulthood or the heaviness of life or grief or all the things that can keep you stuck. Um, like, that arrow is what you need to cut through. Absolutely. And to, and to keep seeking life. And to find out what's needed. What's needed to be worked on. What's needed to be focused on. What's needed to be disregarded. What's needed to be let go of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she, like, we always say in DR, like, if you have Anaisa, then you have a true best friend. Because she's, like, the one that's going to, like, slap you and be like, get up, bitch. You're not staying in bed today. We're going out. Right? And she's not going to, like, let you sit in it for too long. She's going to let you have your moment. But then she's going to be like, moment's over. You're dragging the moment now. Like, life get the hell up. Happening. Yeah, life moves on. And either, like, you're on the train or you're getting run over by the train. And she'll pick you up and be like, get out of your shit. Because life will do it. And I feel like she's the one, Loa, every, like, every Loa has such a mystery and a gift, but I feel like she's the one that, like, life will wreck you. Absolutely. It just is designed that way. Absolutely. She's, like, the one mystery we have that can be like, no, this you can... You can get up. Yeah. Yeah. You can get up. Yeah, you can get up and you're right. Yeah, exactly. She said, I'm the one that's like, get up, bitch. Get up. Yeah. And that's... I should be, like, one and done with her. Like, I like to kick it at the first. Yeah, I think we all get it. We don't want her to... Like, I like to listen. Like, she's misunderstood, too, by... Or the... Um... What is the other common misconception like that no one understands her except for her husband yeah that is another common misconception another one is that like basically because she is always so like filled with like bitch get up let's do this we got this da 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 it's also a lot of people that have her really strongly find that other people aren't going to help them very much because they're the person that picks everybody else up. So the misconception is that the person who picks everybody else up never needs to get help or to get picked up. Yeah. Right? Because it's enough. Like, what could I do for them? Yeah, like, what could I possibly do to help them? Right? Um, so that's very common amongst them because basically, like, if you're the person that always is getting everybody else up, Right, no one ever thinks twice, like, hey, maybe there's a day where I gotta like get this person up, you know. And because she has herself, mm-hmm. since you won't do it, 
she's going to do it for herself, mm-hmm. and she's not going to complain about it. Is that where she compliments? Because at last ceremony, she was talking a lot about how Madrezi Lee and then her people think that they fight, but they're on the same spectrum. Is that, like, um, I don't know, it's like the love from like Madrezi Lee compliment that about her as well? Um, because she was saying like at the ceremony like she's um, Madrezi Lee is peace and then she's um, I think it was not casa but like kind of like conflict yeah drama drama yeah she's drama and then Madrezi Lee is peace and then um, there was one other one too she was saying it's like opposite like they're the same, the opposite sides of the spectrum. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They hold like opposite sides on the same spectrums, right? So where one is maybe has like what's considered a negative trait, the other one is the opposite side of that positive spectrum. But it gets easy to fall into the idea of like negative positive instead of falling into the idea of left versus right. Right? So, peace is not always positive. Mm-hmm. And drama is not always negative. Yeah. Peace is a drama of itself. There is a drama within peace. Right? Peace is not always positive. Sometimes peace is very negative because sometimes when a person spends too much time in peace... They can't handle any sense of chaos. Chaos is a part of life. In fact, it's kind of like a big part of the beginning of it all. It's there's some level of chaos that occurred to bring everything forward. So, like, people see them as peace versus drama as if it's two opposite things, but it's actually the same thing. Left versus right. It's kind of like white versus off-white. It's still white, right? But how you come in with your initial stage of consciousness determines whether that drama be negative or positive, whether that piece is negative or positive. So back to perception. Back, it's usually, but it's not really about perception. It's about consciousness. Perception comes from consciousness. So people are always telling other people, like, just change your perception. It doesn't work that way. You have to change your degree of, yeah, your degree or the unravelment of your consciousness and your perception automatically changes. changes. Right? She stirs that up. Like, part of what she helps with is just, like, stirring things up for people. Absolutely. But, like, chaos is inevitable. And, like, I don't know that much about science, but there's that term entropy. Like, it's only getting more chaotic in any moment. But are you going to let that consume you, or are you going to learn, like, take a step back and love it? Exactly, and enjoy it. And enjoy it. Yeah, because peace and boredom are also on the same spectrum. Yeah. Right? So, like... And death. And death, exactly. (laughs) If you leave people, like... Yeah, she doesn't like boredom bored too long they feel like a slow death 
someone who is in peace for too long ends up bored, ends up a slow death. So I'm like cut away from people too. Like absolutely. She's so social, like oh, definitely. Bring people mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And two sides she draws people coin. out of that. Well, like two sides of the same coin. Like if you're in peace too long, people will create chaos that would have been way worse than the natural chaos of things. Yeah. Just oh, to yeah. stir their own life yeah, up because the they're like so bored. Okay. Yeah, no, Anaisa is probably one of the most social of the spirits besides Gideon. Like, between those two, I would say those two are probably some of the most social of the spirits. And most, like, um, up-to-date with life, right? So, like, I've heard of Gideon's, like, driving cars. I've heard of Gideon's, like, going to the bank, I've heard of Giddy's like doing all kinds of things because they're so in touch with like what humans are doing. And because Anaisa is also so, is very in touch and very social, she's in touch with what humans are doing. And so. Their advice is like. That, and I've heard of Anaisa like, Anaisa go shopping, Anaisa will go buy her own rings, Anaisa will go buy her own perfume, Anaisa. Uh, I've met horses who have seen Anaisa at the club, okay, at a nightclub. Um, I know of this one horse, for example, like, he was coming, he went to a nightclub. Anaisa came through. Anaisa gave a message to the person he was with. And the message was basically like, I'm going to stay with you all night. And, like, you got to walk home. So I'm going to walk you home because we need to walk a different direction because death is waiting, right? And so they walk a different direction. Had he took his normal pathway, like, a whole bunch of people had just happened to get, like, mugged and stabbed coming from the same club they were coming from, mm-hmm. right? So they're very, like... um for lack of a better way to put it, like, down-to-earth, very humanly involved mm-hmm. spirits. And one thing I'll say about Anaisa, her level of, like, understanding how humans work is something that is, like, on a whole different level than, like, a lot of other spirits. And how humans work now versus how they used to work, mm-hmm. right? Like, her let's say, psychology of consciousness, right, has grown with the humans versus other spirits have are still kind of like stuck in a more traditional idea of somewhat consciousness. But that's part of what comes with like, if you are a spirit that's very involved with the social aspects of life and people and how people operate. Yeah that she's very good at studying people. So I've seen Anaisa like call shit out on people that they're like, oh my God, like I wish my psychologist or my therapist had just like said that to me like 10 years ago. I probably would have never needed it anymore. And she saves your life. Yeah, and she'll just cut right through the bullshit. And is it all a lot of interpersonal, like, like, 
talking about relationships as opposed to talking about something like peace. Like it's it's like yeah, it's like live action. Yeah, yeah, it's like real stuff going on, right. versus than necessarily being on some like high conceptual level, intellectual level stuff. Maybe because she's the baby, so she gets to see two different mm. aspects, just like people. Yeah, she gets to see the adult the aspect mm. and the young aspect, and then merge them with her continuation of learning. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So. Um, you mentioned that Anaisa people are really used to draw, like lifting others up, and I was wondering, like, is there some truth that well, no one can actually lift up those people, but you can acknowledge them, like, doesn't make them invisible, like, how do I want to phrase that? Because can anyone actually really lift up an Anaisa person in the same way she can? Probably not. No. So, but, like, that, to make them invisible is hurtful, as opposed to acknowledging them, it doesn't quite lift them up the same way that they might lift others, but it still acknowledges them, and I guess my question is, especially because her day is coming, like, how, how do you give back to Anaisa, and how do you lift up Anaisa people if they're always the one doing it? Um... Well, one thing she's always said to me is, like, if you want to lift up an Anaisa person, what you do is, like, basically you listen and allow what I've said to you to transform you. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you've wasted me. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, if she or one of her people have spent the time to, like, invest in someone else, right? And then it's just kind of, like, wasted for someone to go back into the same old, same old then that's how you don't honor it, mm-hmm. right? That's the disrespect. Yeah, that's the disrespect, mm-hmm. right? Second thing is live. Mm-hmm. Like, actually live and enjoy life. Mm-hmm. And, like, are there maybe unenjoyable parts? Probably. Learning how to be joyful, even that's a cultivation learning process for a lot of people, mm-hmm. right? But enjoy as much as you can and bring yourself back to that sense of enjoyment. And then, of course, like, just like that person who's lifting others up, everyone has the capacity to see, like, hey, this person has a need, or this person has something that they want, or something that I can provide that no one else could. So let me provide it back, even if I'm thinking that it's not the same as what they've given me. Mm-hmm. Again, that's your thought that's saying, like, I can't give the same. But in reality, you can give the same. Right. And value different. Where somebody could, let's say, buy you something, and you can't buy, you can't afford it, you can't buy it, but you may do something else that is just like. To them, oh, it's just as much so value. Good. Like me, I, I hold on to all this. Like I appreciate all this, anything that you give me, because I am a person that nobody is gonna check on, and I always handle everything. So it's like, oh my gosh, the fact that you thought of me. It's like, it's beautiful to me. So I'm not like, oh, this is too small. This is beneath me. You know, I think that people, um, well, I guess it's a ego trip. What I gave you isn't big enough, isn't good enough. Well, that, and I think it's also just, like, wanting to make sure, like, that 
you're giving back in balance, mm-hmm. right? But so it's also an acknowledgement of, of like, what's been given to me, exactly. But, and also her unique ability to help people. Like, Absolutely. It, you know, it's, I don't know, like it would be like saying, I just feel so protected by Ogu. Like that's exactly. just an acknowledgement of their gift. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that moving and living in a way that acknowledges that is A, the best way. Mm-hmm. And then B is like, bring forward what you can bring forward and think like for that person who's brought something and lifted you up you might not think that what you're doing is lifting them up but it might be very much so lifting them up right maybe they will value that just as much as you valued whatever was given to you mm-hmm. yeah um and you said there you said something just a second ago i wanted to ask about because We've been hearing a lot lately with joy, like don't hold on to it. And I think like when you said it for a lot of people, joy is going to be a process that was helpful to hear because I think sometimes I feel like I'm letting her down, letting Anaisa down because I was stuck in misery for so long that I'm like, I want it to be an overnight. And in some ways it is. And in other ways it's not. And so I guess, if you're not reaching for joy and then you're not holding on to it and it is a process, how do you both honor her and like not delude yourself by being like, uh, you're actually going into misery but you don't even notice it? Well, if how you do it is like, let's say you're starting to go into misery, it's like basically how can I enjoy this? So look for the smallest thing that you can enjoy. So if you're crying, for example, like, one of the things like I remember long time ago, she's like, learn how to enjoy the tear running down your face. Learn how to enjoy that sensation. If you can start with something small like that, then next time you'll find something a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, that one day you'll start crying and you'll enjoy the cry. And at the end of it, you'll end up laughing because you found that it's an enjoyment and you even enjoy the, when someone's usually crying or upset, there's like a rising pressure that's rising slowly, slowly till it reaches a peak and then it starts to drop back down. So if you can learn to enjoy the rise in the pressure, like having that level of sensation and being that sensitive, which is probably not the norm for your day to day so enjoying that moment in which you're getting to have a higher level of sensitivity just for the sake that it's the higher level of sensitivity not because it's necessarily like the most joyful event right and a part of life again it sounds like like helping you be part of life absolutely with what's going yeah whatever's is okay. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm also hearing, like, um, that all that, like, and you're worth it. Like, because if she's always lifting people up, um, and you've said to us a lot of times, like, the, I don't, I'm, I don't know the exact words, but, like, when you're happy, that's the gift in itself. But it's a very solo journey. Oh, yeah. So absolutely. So you have to, like, I think maybe just to kind of help people believe that they're worthy and like worth and have confidence that they 
happiness is worth it. They're worth it. Absolutely. Their life is short, and so to be happy is worth it because it's not long. Yeah, that's part of what she does. And part of what she does is, like, re-strengthen the fact that your mission here is kind of simple. And that's just to, like, raise yourself to enjoy, like, whatever life process you're going through. Just that. And she gives you the remembrance, like, that you're worth it. She's, like, when she tells people, like, bitch, get up. She's telling you, like, you're worth standing up for yourself. You're worth getting up and not wallowing in it. You know, you're worth being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And this is your life. And by being, enjoying your life, you might touch other people. Absolutely. But by making your life about other people, you won't. Mm. Definitely, absolutely. Absolutely not. It's like such a lie we get that like you're supposed to sacrifice for other people and I think she kind of teaches us that that's a lie yeah yeah she says like then like why? sacrifice yourself sorry for other yeah. people not sacrifice no, you yeah. can sacrifice for people but not sacrifice yourself exactly and part of it is like what she teaches is like if you sacrifice yourself then what were you here for then, like, how did the world get to experience you? Mm-hmm. Where the difference that you might make in the world might be something you might never see. Mm-hmm. But you may be making the difference. Just because you can't you. see it doesn't mean it's not happening. Mm-hmm. And what is the world missing? What if she sacrificed herself? You could never replace that. <laughs> that mystery. joy. No, that yeah. mystery. She could take you on that, yeah. That's why she's so powerful for helping you on your path. Mm-hmm. Too, right? She oh, absolutely. Break you Fight for it. out, like, so that you can basically exist. Absolutely. That's who you are. All right, I think we're going to wrap that one up. We're running on time there. So, as always, like, comment, follow for more iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor.fm, or your favorite podcast app. And like I told you, July 29th, 2023, we are recording this in 2023, having this big old Anaisa party here in Berlin, New Jersey. Um, the event is over on Facebook and probably a few other places. If you want to check us out, you're more than welcome. Many blessings and keep the faith.